Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. If you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Ian McLeod about micromanaging, quiet quitting, and the great resignation. Ian McLeod, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thanks, John. It, it, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm south of Salt Lake City. Where are you joining us from today, Ian? So I'm in uh, Austin, Texas. Um, a lot of heat here going on right now. Yes. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all over. The, the whole world seems to be uh, feeling it right now, but definitely here in Austin. We're, we're used to it, but it's been hotter than usual. So Yeah. Well, stay cool. Get some relief. Um, right. <laughs> pleasure to be with you. Today, we're going to be talking about micromanaging, quiet quitting, and the great resignation. And I think these, these concepts, these ideas all kind of fit together uh, yes. and certainly influence each other. So we're going to unpack that and try to explore how we can uh, reduce the amount of micromanaging, quiet quitting, and the amount of people um, resigning and, and the, uh, the turnover that organizations are facing and, and, and the struggles you know, that we're, we're dealing with as we're trying to deal with the the great resignation and a tight labor market. As we get started, I wanted to share Ian's bio with everybody. Ian McLeod provides leadership training and consultation to individuals and businesses with a focus on performance management. He leverages his 15 years of management experience in various supervisory roles up to senior manager. Ian has combined his filmmaking hobby with his passion for leadership development to create and share routine leadership tips and work humor videos through his YouTube and TikTok channels. That's wonderful. And I love that you not only use your YouTube channel, but TikTok uh, to to get your message out there and to share content with people. That's fantastic. Anything else you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? Yeah, uh, thanks, John. I, again, appreciate the opportunity. I think I'll add um, my focus is to to really actually try to identify the, the problems for managers and leaders and, and and I would say more accurately, probably curate tailored kind of training solutions. So that's kind of where I dive into uh, figuring out what the problem is and, and spending more time there. Um, but my focus primarily is on performance management, you know, setting clear expectations, feedback, that kind of thing. And I'm leveraging my my experience, uh, 15 years experience in, in management uh, to yeah. really try to help shape that. Yeah, good. So let's let's start then by talking about 
this idea of micromanaging. Uh, most people know micromanaging is a bad thing. I think mo- conceptually, pretty much everyone agrees that that's not healthy. It's not effective. Yet, it's been my experience that most supervisors, managers, and leaders still micromanage, at least to some extent, uh, even when they know it's not helpful. Uh, so why do you think that is? And how can we start moving away from a micromanaging kind of style and approach to something that's a little bit more you know, empowering and, and cultivate a better culture and environment where people can do their best work? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I think one of the challenges is, and, and I'll get straight to it. I mean, I think really the 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 answer is is training, right? People are oftentimes have not had adequate training. They they um, are oftentimes performing. So they they most managers have been promoted into the role, right? They were doing a great job at some level, and now they're promoted up. The training they probably got was more tactical, um, and so they they don't know how or understand that their job is is a new job, and so they're oftentimes performing at at this lower level, at the level that they were, right? And, and they're just going off of what they knew, what they were good at. I, 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 can, I can expand a bit if you're willing to go down a, a relatively shallow rabbit hole with me here. Um, so there's a, a Forbes article, this is from back in 2019, indicates that, um, you know, the leadership development industry is about $366 billion globally. Yet, Employee engagement, satisfaction, morale, turnover, performance are, you know, are still global problems. Uh, we, you know, we go from great resignation to quiet quitting, micromanaging, you know, study after study shows many employees are still unhappy and their direct manager is often the reason for their unhappiness. So you know, what's that disconnect, right? Like we're spending so much time and effort and money. A lot of money is being spent on leadership development. However, it still seems like there's still a, a huge problem globally with with morale, retention, performance, those kind of things. Even here in the United States, we're spending you know 166 billion in the U.S. alone. So why are so many employees and even the, the leaders themselves still so unhappy? Uh, you know, this is more anecdotal from from the leaders and managers that I've worked with. But the common challenge that that they are having is that. You know, I can't get my employee to do what we need them to do. I'm not sure how to talk to them. My employees are, aren't accountable. Those are the, usually the common concerns that they're coming from managers. And what I've found from my interactions and experiences, and I assume that the vast majority of businesses, companies are, are struggling with morale, retention, performance. They, they typically have no formal leadership onboard training program. Or, and the people I've worked with, they don't, at least, the, the, the clients that I've had. So specifically, I'm referring to, you know, how you manage people, right? It, it appears a large majority of people in leadership positions were, were promoted up to, to these roles, you know, meaning that, so again, so they were doing a great job and they were promoted to now manage a group of, of people doing the same job. Um, and if any training was delivered, you know, again, it's tactical, operational on the task of the job but not on how to manage people. And I think that's really where the gap is, the problem that I see. And that's really what I'm, I'm trying to fill with the work that I've been doing. Um, you know, this is a bit of an extreme analogy, but imagine if I'm doing a great job as like a flight attendant, right? And I'm now promoted up to co-pilot, but I'm, I'm given no training. 
right? Or what if I'm doing a great job as a nurse and I'm promoted up to doctor, but again, given no training, uh, you know, management seems to be the only profession doing this routinely where somebody's doing a good job here and they're, they're promoted up. I think it's, it, it was referred to as the Peter principle from, you know, it's like 50 years ago, a book, and I think it was more of a satire, but the idea was, you know, people were promoted based on their current performance and not on their skills for their future, future role. Yeah, that's for sure. And I, I see the same problem and it's not about intention or people, whether people are well-meaning or not, or whether they're trying to be good leaders. That's not like, we can take that out of the equation at all. Right. My assumption is that most people are trying to be good supervisors, managers, and leaders, uh, but they don't know any different. They don't know any better and they don't know how. Uh, and it's one thing to know it conceptually. Like I can read a book and say, oh yeah, I shouldn't micromanage. But then in the day to day, when you're meeting with your teams and your people and you're, you have your boss breathing down your neck and you're being held accountable for stuff. And now you're trying to get stuff done so that you look good. And so you're accomplishing what you need to in the day to day, inevitably what ends up happening for so many people when they don't know any better, or they don't know how they can't translate the conceptual understanding into practice and then they undermine their own desires and intentions and negatively impact their teams peter principle is alive and well and so many incompetent people you know you get you get promoted to your level of incompetence so the world is full of people who are once really good at what they did but now they're not so great at their current job and that's not the world we want to live in i mean that's not the organization that i want to have i want to have an organization where everyone is firing at all cylinders in whatever role they happen to be in um and that that means that we're going to have to provide more training and development opportunities for people who are going to progress in their career and move into higher levels of positions because it's not, it doesn't naturally come to most people. Uh, they need to learn those skills and their, their, those competencies and capabilities. They can be developed, but it takes a lot of work to develop those habits and to make it a consistent part of who you are and what you do as a leader. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, spot on that's, I think that's really the biggest challenge I see again, it's not, bad intentions. It's not that I want to be this micromanaging leader. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I don't know what's even expected of me. Of me. Oftentimes when I talk to, to leaders, they don't even realize that their job is a new job, right? It's managing people. It's no longer, you might've been an excellent engineer or great at taking phone calls or, or great at whatever it was, but that's not what you're doing anymore. You're now managing people. Um, and they don't have that, that training. The, the challenge I also see is that in the space itself is that, the, that uh, you know, you look at that at, at popular kind of leadership theories and that kind of thing, taking Brene Brown, um, you know, and, and talking about vulnerability or, or John Clifton and talking about strength-based leadership, for example. You know, those things are great concepts, excellent concepts, but but they're not really developing what people just need, that kind of base level that framework where they need to understand how to set clear expectations and deliver effective feedback, you know? And I think when you try to, you're try, you see that there's a problem, obviously there's a problem with micromanagement or morale or retention or that kind of thing. People are upset uh, about the work environment, but they don't know what to do from there because again, you have this kind of these layers of, of incompetence 
uh, going on that no one's really aware of just having this simple kind of understanding of a framework, again, of, of performance management, you know, again, setting those clear expectations, evaluating objectively, delivering feedback, you know, coaching to develop, uh, holding staff accountable, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so micromanaging is a problem. We can train for this. We can develop people and, and more than training, I would say, yeah, those ongoing coaching and mentoring conversations, developmental opportunities, stretch opportunities, projects, you know, give people the, the opportunity to actually through experiential learning to experience what it's going to be like in steps, right? right. Uh, so that they can build those capacities over time. So it's not like a night and day, you know, I think of Michael Scott from the office, you know, one day he's a great salesperson. The next day he's running an office and he's completely incompetent. Well, let's give people like, let's build a bridge for people to develop over time. So they're not going from point A to point Z all at once. Of course, people aren't going to be successful most of the time when that's how we we do things in our business. Um, so with all the set around micromanaging, it's a problem. I think most people are well-intentioned. They're not trying to do it, but they, they just fall into bad habits or they replicate what they've seen other people do before. They don't know any better, whatever. Um, but all of this then can lead into psychological withdrawal, quiet, quiet quitting, uh, or people even turning over and leaving, you know, as part of the great resignation. Uh, so, Flesh out for us in your thinking about how these things are connected and what we can do about it so that we can have people actively engaged in the work that they're doing rather than withdrawing or rebalancing the scales and trying to do kind of the minimum to to keep viable in their job. Yeah, absolutely. And, and great point, great connection there. So quiet quitting. It's all over the Internet media right now. Um, for those who you know, haven't heard of this, it's essentially an employee not quitting their job, but quitting trying, right? They're, they're specifically trying to not go above and beyond any, any further. When I hear quiet quitting, what I hear is that that work environment, it lacks performance management. Um, specifically, they, do, they have not set any clear expectations, right? So it's unclear what my expectations are. If, you know, expectations about what is success, what is a successful level of performance, they, they lack an, oftentimes an objective kind of clear process to evaluate performance, uh, typically with some, you know, scale of what's successful, what's exceptional look like, what's developing, not performing look like. And, and they, they, they lack an ability to deliver effective feedback based on those clear expectations and objective evaluations. So you know, this work environment is, is, is basically oftentimes asking their employees to perform to their best 100%, 24-7. And the problem is that, you know, that's not clear, it's not measurable, and it's certainly not sustainable. Um, the solution is, is relatively simple. You just need to create a performance management process that's clear and train your leaders on how to, to set clear expectations and deliver effective feedback. Um, and, and when, so again, when I hear quiet quitting, what I hear is this place is just unclear on even what they expect out of staff and how to deliver feedback based on that. I, I think taking that a step further and going back, you know, uh, six months ago, um, when the great resignation was a big thing, right? Um, both are examples of, of employees attempting to, to exert some level of control, you know, vacating their per- position is the only message they feel that they can send. Um, and 
you know, I think the reality is, is that oftentimes when somebody's doing that, they feel victimized in a way. And when you're feeling like a victim, it's typically because you have a lack of control in this situation. Um, the, the other thing, too, I think that the Internet is is allowing employees to connect with each other in a way that's never been seen before. Right. There are. You know, on Reddit, there's subreddits and there's Facebook groups and there's ways that people are communicating constantly about what is a good work environment look like. And so now I think employees expectations have really changed. They've really leveled up. People are looking for that. They're looking for the, you know, the grass is greener. Um, and and they, they want that because they know that it, that exists and employers can no longer hide behind this kind of, well, this is just the way it was, right? This is the way we did things. For Digitas, this is HPE Radio at ID 1HPE 0349000, spot title HPE Episode 2, English Radio, 30 seconds long, mixed at Harbor on October 25th, 2023. So, how do we get AI right? Well, we need the right volume of data, the software to train it, and massive compute power, or... Another one bites the dust. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? But with HPE GreenLake, we get access to supercomputing to power AI at the scale we need, helping generate better insights. All right! Nice teamwork, guys. Search HPE GreenLake. I mean, I can't blame people if they have been overworked, uh, if if they don't feel like they've been adequately valued at their work, if they feel like they've, you know, just been asked to do more and more and more, and they feel like despite going above and beyond giving 110%, you know, for the last couple of years, and they're still getting passed over for uh, positions or advancement or, or they're still, you know, kind of being treated badly at work. I I don't blame them for wanting to leave and go somewhere else. I don't blame them for the quite quitting the psychological withdrawal and just kind of recalibrating the scales and saying, you know what, I'm only getting so much back from my employer. I don't even have job security here. They could let go of me, let me go tomorrow. Uh, I don't feel like I'm getting getting paid fairly or equitably. I'm not having opportunities for growth. I'm just going to do the bare minimum uh, to get by, to keep my job somewhat secure. And then I'm, you know, going to focus on finding meaning and purpose in my life, other places or having a side hustle or whatever. I can't blame people for that. And I can't blame people for having high expectations. Um, I'm a business professor. I teach HR, organizational development, change management kinds of stuff. And I, I have to admit, like, I'm teaching my students how to be effective leaders, what a good workplace looks like. And I want them to go out and have that experience themselves. They know better and they know if they're going into a crappy workplace, it's not something they need to put up with and that there are better ways to do it. So like you said, with communication the way it is right now with unprecedented levels of transparency in organizations right now, you can't hide, you can't get away with it. Um, your people will know and you won't be an employer of choice. Employee experience is king. You need to make sure that you're paying attention to it. Certainly micromanaging is going to negatively impact that in major ways. Um, 
people don't like working in that kind of an environment, but there's a whole bunch of other things that also feed into the quiet quitting or people, you know, turning over and, and looking for other opportunities. I felt that in my life. I felt that in my career. I, I know that other people need to do what's best for them, but it's also important to recognize and realize that the grass isn't always greener. Uh, in fact, it very often, if not most of the time is not greener <laughs> on the other side. And so, you know, I want people to be clear eyed about the decisions they're making. And you don't want to, you know, while you're trying to stick it to the man, so to speak, you don't want to also completely burn bridges and undermine your own potential for career development and moving on and moving forward to new opportunities in the future. So we have to, it's a delicate balance and it's something we have to really pay close attention to as a leader. I hope that I can create a safe environment where my people will know I'm going to be there to support them the best I can. I'm going to help develop them the best I can, that I value them. I want them to be there. I want to help them to fulfill their potential. I want them to find meaning and purpose in the work that they do. And if I can convey all of that to them, Hopefully that will lead to less quiet quitting, less turnover, uh, greater productivity, greater innovation. It'll result in a much more dynamic kind of uh, team environment and organizational environment. But that's not easy to do. It's not easy to do it consistently, um, despite our best intentions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is a challenge. Uh, certainly, I'm not saying, I think that the thing is, is that it, doing this kind of work, doing it well, right? Like doing doing management and leadership well is is simple as far as the formula goes oftentimes. I mean, it is nuanced and complex. It can be, but it's not necessarily easy. But I think having an understanding of, again, these fundamental kind of basic uh, principles of, of, again, just setting clear expectations and delivering effective feedback, then you can start to add in all these other pieces of, uh, you know, mission and purpose and motivation and, and how you inspire staff, how you make them feel valued through strength-based leadership. You know, again, bringing in Brene Brown and being vulnerable and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, those things are important, but you need to have that kind of framework first. Um, and I, in my experience, at least, I feel like a lot of places that if they are struggling with morale and retention and performance and now quiet quitting and the great resignation, it's oftentimes a result of the lack of, of le- simple, simple, basic leadership training and a basic performance management uh, process. Um, and, and so, again, the, for me, when I hear all this, I, I feel like this, the, the solution is actually quite simple. It, you know, it, it's just a matter of going through this process. One of the one of the crazy things I, I hear, unfortunately, is that, you know, there's this this catch 22 people are, are stuck in this cycle where their response is, well, I just don't have time because I'm spending all this time putting out fires. I'm spending all this time rehiring and retraining new staff. And we have so much turnover. We have so many escalations. And all my leadership is just in this constant cycle. Um, so we don't have time to train them. And if they would just train them, and train them up front, they wouldn't have the escalations, they wouldn't have the turnover, they wouldn't have the performance issues, these kind of things would would most likely be solvable. I mean, it's never, it's always a, a, a thing, right? I mean, if, if everybody was just doing what they needed to do, we wouldn't need managers and leaders. So there is some level of, of work that's always going to be need to be done. But it's, there's obviously a way more effective way of doing that. And it's, it's very simple, oftentimes, and including 
again, performance management and, uh, and, and having leadership who is trained and know what they're doing in, yeah. in performance management. Absolutely. I, I say it ad nauseum, but uh, <laughs> most most leadership is not rocket science. It's right. not super complicated. Keep it simple. It's it's more about just consistently doing the simple, basic things each and every day. And if we can do those basic, simple things and, and remember the, the basic principles and develop relationships of trust with our people and mutual accountability and trust with our people, you know what, that's going to solve 80, 90% of the issues <laughs> that leaders often face that end up taking the vast majority of their time, which means they have less time to actually focus on what matters most. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ian, this has just been a really fun conversation. Uh, I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap things up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for the opportunity. It was It's always fun to nerd out and talk about leadership for me. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you, Dr. Westover or John. Um, so as far as finding me, uh, my website is www.gro-leaders-up.com. Um, I also have a YouTube channel um, called Grow Up Leadership as well. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, so all the different socials on, on LinkedIn. I love just talking about this. I create a ton of content around this topic. I also so try to create some fun uh, kind of silly work videos as well. Um, so please check them out. Uh, please hit me up if you have questions. Um, and as far as, again, uh, reach out to me if you have questions on this. What does this mean in terms of how you deliver better feedback, how you um, uh, set clear expectations? I, I'm here and I'm happy to, to share and help with that process. Again, it's fairly simple. It's not necessarily easy. So I'm happy to help in terms of uh getting a program up and running at your, at your business, wherever you are. Wonderful. Thank you, Ian. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Ian can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. You enjoy the human capital innovations podcast. Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.